Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. <laughs> so Catherine, for everybody just tuning in, I know who you are. I've been following you for a very long time since you're like JKO days, but why don't you kind of just give us a really great intro about who you are, who you dance for, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my name is Catherine Harlan. I'm a soloist with American Ballet Theater. I've been with ABT for, I think it's been like eight years now. It's been a mm -hmm. wow. long time, but it's gone by like that. My goodness. Kind I feel wise. like I literally just joined the company like yesterday. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I went through the JKO school. I actually was a competition kid before I went to the JKO school. So I did a lot of um, New, York, New York City Dance Alliance competitions and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I joined uh, JKO and I just went up the ladder yes. um, in the ABT system. So. Yeah, and I, I definitely want to hear about that. I want to talk about that a little bit today. Um, yeah. Either, maybe we can like kind of start with that. Just hear how it was starting out, because I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, you really stayed on track with one company, basically from pre-professional trainee to where you're at now, which is a soloist with a company. So mm -hmm. can you kind of just like talk about that and like yeah. how that experience was just staying on this one track? Yeah, so I... I love, love, love story ballets. Mm -hmm. It's one of my like, like, like the one thing that I really, really want to do is Romeo and Juliet, Manon, all of these stories ballets. And I, sure. I went to see, my mom took me to see ABT a long time ago, like when I was younger. And I was just like mesmerized by, by the story, by, you know, and she took me to see a bunch of other, dances as well I mean she's dance connoisseur herself sure. but um she like something about the ABT story ballets really captured me and I think that that's and also the fact I when I was doing um their summer intensives I also mm -hmm. did like their supering Oh, yes, of course. And oh, those are I did fun. Their stuff, so I was backstage with them as yeah. a kid, looking at these people in backstage and just being like, oh, my God, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to become. This is the company. This is the this is the family that I want to join. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think that that totally just motivated me to just keep going up the ladder with JK and being super loyal and yeah. not really experiencing anything. And looking back, I'm thinking, you know, I, it would have been probably a little bit beneficial for me to go and experience other types of um, summer programs and stuff like that. But you know, at least I did a summer program, you know. <laughs> sure. No, I get it. I, I honestly get it. I've had that love for story ballets, ABT. I mean, I feel like also if you look back on my history of who I interview, 95% are ABT dancers because I just happen to, I just love, I love ABT. I love everything they do. And uh, very similar to, and I think a lot of younger dancers can probably relate to that because they're, you know, taken to their first ballet, whether that's Nutcracker or maybe someone like Coppelia. And mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that's almost like where they fall in love and where they want to start right. training. Yeah. So, I mean, and I totally like love New York City Ballet and I thought that they were amazingly athletic and just yeah. like so captivating everything. But something about like the acting along with dancing really, like I, I was like really into that. Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, would you say, do you have a preference for ballets like Giselle over ballets, more athletic ballets? Like where where do you fall into with that? Like... Well, I, so, okay, Theme and Variations is an amazing, beautiful ballet. Yeah. It's one of the best, you know, I think it's, yeah. one, it's so, the music, and Serenade, the ballet I'll never get to do, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Serenade, I mean, it's just the music is so beautiful. Sure. And it, you know, it's, it, like, it's one of my dreams to, like, you know, dance those pieces. But, um Definitely when I think of, you know, my career and what I want is I really want to do the ballets like I keep on saying Romeo and Juliet. It's just like the ballet yeah. that's coming up in my head right now. I get it. And that in like Sleeping Beauty yeah. and Capelia, Swan Lake, Duh, Swan Lake, Don Q. Oh, I mean, yeah, I get it. Know, all of that kind of like, you know. Yeah character kind of like I get to be another person sure sure it's and really fun. like you said earlier I mean tell a story mm -hmm. really take your dancing um get that athleticism in there but also tell a story and I think that can really transition us well into just this conversation of what else dancers are in you know, as young dancers watching, more pre-professional dancers, it's so easy for us to get hyper-focused in just the what we're delivering and technique on stage. And like, that is so important, but there is just so much more to being a yes. dancer. Talk to us a little bit about how other experiences in your life can come into your roles on stage. Right. So like character building. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I mean, Definitely, this pandemic has definitely created a lot of character building for sure, sure. <laughs> pretty much, I think, everybody in the dance community. Um, yeah, no, um, I, I guess just, like, the fact that, you know, we're athletes, we're athletes, right? Yeah. Do this, all this hard stuff, but... On top of that, we have to make it look easy. We have to tell a story. We have to not only think, we have to become the character. Almost. Yes. And we have to become, we have to, we totally have to like just completely dive into the, the story of 
the ballet and I just like for future people want to say like you know it's not only just about the technique it's all it's also about the artistry and about where you can take the audience it during the performance absolutely and what brings us, what kind of brings me to my next question and how it relates to COVID is just the challenges that a lot of dancers do face over their, you know, pre-professional years. Um, any challenges that you would say you faced in your journey as a pre-professional that you felt you were able to overcome or maybe are still working on overcoming? So I was just recently talking about something that, um, uh, like if we're going to bring this into food related yeah, things, of yeah. course. Um, I found out that, you know, it's really difficult for me personally, I don't know why, but to plan ahead mm. on like what I need for the day. Sure. Like, and I think that it's probably because I, I live in the city. Mm-hmm. Everything is accessible everywhere. You can just go get it and, and, mm-hmm. and everything. There are days where, especially during that season, um, where literally I, you know, I'm too tired <laughs> to yeah. even have the meal. So it's really something like that was a big struggle. And even in, in my pre-professional life, you know, ba- uh, balancing school and then like the commute to, to dance and everything and just trying to fit in like time to, yeah. to eat. Sure. And I think you think you bring up a really good point because I mean, even specifically, the Upper West Side in general, food is so accessible and there's so many different places. But at the same time, it's not just about that. It's also about, um, you know, how can you fit it into a busy day between commuting and you also have a lot on your mind. Yeah. And also sometimes like, like sometimes I have eight, seven hour days where mm-hmm. I just go straight through. So I can't, right. I can, or I can get something delivered, but that also takes time to get to like order it basically <laughs> instead of, right. <laughs> instead of planning ahead and bringing food from home and making sure that I have the right things that I need, the right calories, the, the, yeah. uh, the right, you know, sustenance for me to do my day. Cause yeah. sometimes it's really hard when you're no, all you want to do is just sit down and fall asleep or, or, mm-hmm all you want to do is just eat or you forget. Yeah. And what's so important for dancers <laughs> specifically is that, you know, you guys are athletes and exercise within itself blunts hunger. So you can easily go and push throughout your day, not even realizing you're hungry and then probably be like slammed in the face at the end of the day, feeling ex- already exhausted, um, realizing that you haven't eaten and, uh, or even maybe just haven't eaten enough. And then you're either famished or it's a struggle to really make sure you're getting in enough for, to meet your needs. Yeah, totally. I mean, I still have some, sometimes, you know, that problem of like making sure that I'm getting the right amount of protein yeah like a well-balanced diet instead of just snacking all the time because I don't have enough time to eat a full meal or just I get home at 11 o'clock at night and then I have to eat my meal then instead of planning ahead making sure that I'm eating my meal before I go on stage and stuff like that that's definitely totally something that I have to Mm -hmm. continue (laughs) to work on (laughs) continue to work on 
and, and okay. I encourage other people to make sure that they've got that down. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Definitely. I will say with one, one benefit with quarantine though, is that actually, well, I mean, we're kind of coming out of it now, but having been at home for so long, dancers mm -hmm. were able to have a little bit more time to like get creative mm -hmm. in the kitchen and, you know, start totally. experimenting. I yeah. think, you know, right now we're, we're hopefully, you know, heading into a bit of our new normal period of life. But um, yeah. having said that, was there ever a time in your younger years? Well, you're still young, but you know what I mean? Like your pre-professional years versus now where you kind of really started to put together the idea that your nutrition was playing a role in how you were dancing on stage? Yeah. So I started, um, doing Nutcracker with the company at an early age. I was Clara, first of all. Sure. And um, then then not so much because, you know, my mom took care of me, of course. So she made right. lunch, made sure that she, you know, fed me. Um, <laughs> right. But we came, when we came to California, um, and I was still, no, I was with the company when we came to California. I was, in, I was an apprentice when we were in, um, BAM, yeah. Um, but even in BAM, like, just, yeah, just keep on, it was just all about the scheduling kind of Oh, thing. sure, sure. Just, like, trying mm -hmm. to, okay, so now we have, we have an hour before we have to come back and put the makeup on, making, you know, and yeah. check in, do all this kind of stuff, and, Oh, but you want to go to PT, so you've got to go to PT first, and then you only have a half hour, and then you go get grab. And what, what do you want? I'm so tired. I'm so not really hungry right now. I that, and that's always been a thing too for me. Like I, I don't normally eat until I'm hungry. Sure. Yeah. So this is something that I talk to a lot of dancers about because, like I said before, it's so common. It's so common that dancers don't feel hungry, but. And I, mean, I especially I don't, after like working out, you feel well, like, exactly what happens. Exactly. And usually like scientifically, your body is shunting your blood from your stomach to your extremities mm -hmm. to move. Right. So, so it makes sense that things aren't really going on for your, in the digestive tract, mm -hmm. but having like a proactive approach. And this is where we think about convenience, especially, which probably would help you a lot, just like with, um, you know, going from point A to point B to point C, convenient snacks, having them be like bars and like trail mix and like things that you can take and throw in your dance bag. I feel like I'm always talking about that. Yes. And it's definitely, I'm going to fess up right now. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm well, I'm hoping that I inspire you, Catherine. I'm hoping that I inspire you to you're do that. You're inspiring me right Yes, you're inspiring me right now to do all of that stuff. Yes. Totally. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I know a lot of dancers, you know, struggle with this. My next question is really about like body aesthetics. And, you know, have you ever felt there, there's undeniably pressure in the dance industry to like look a certain way for a lack of a better phrase. Yeah. How have you been able to manage any type of pressure, whether that pressure was there or maybe it wasn't there, maybe you didn't experience that. Um, how would you say you're able to keep a positive relationship with your body while being immersed in a sport that is um, you know, unfortunately, very drenched in body yes. aesthetics. Yes. Sometimes I feel way more muscular okay. than I want to be, mm -hmm. especially in my, like, arms and like, I have really broad shoulders. Sure. So sometimes I feel like my, I, uh, 
like I almost want to not work out on my upper body because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to look like a, like a man, but, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like I need the strength in order to like do partnering and everything like that. So mm-hmm. I, sometimes I, I wish, and, and this again, like comes back to like for certain roles and stuff like that. I want to have a more mature presence. Yeah. Type yeah. looking. And, and that's been a, such a struggle for me to try and find that. But that doesn't really have to do with so much like, you know, body weight or anything like that. I think it's just like how like my, my body is. Fine. Sure, sure. And also knowing that, you know, I think a lot of younger dancers struggle with this idea of having to, you know, control what they're eating for the purpose of striving to look a certain way. And I think it's important for young dancers to know that um, a lot of what our body does look like is very genetic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to control that to the extreme can just really land us in some pretty unsustainable habits. Just having that, like, you know, self-conscious look and like you can see that they're in their head that like oh I'm not happy about it or I'm not confident about it it shows and then that's what people are looking at rather than if you feel comfortable in your body and you are making it work and you find ways to make it work for whatever shape size whatever you are then people will like to watch you a hundred percent. And, and it, it really, it really comes back to your ability as an artist to transcend an audience versus your ability as an artist to reach a certain number on the scale. Like it does, that's not what the audience that's is not what looking it, for. No. They're looking for how you are dancing on stage and, and right. you know, however your body is and how, it, what a shape size, whatever, um, you know, if you can transcend an audience and tell your story, you know, using your movement, then that says way more than striving yes. for some number on the scale. Yes. So um, with that being said, what about COVID-19? How have you felt challenged in regards to just, uh, again, obviously things are starting to move in a better direction. I believe, are you in California to start performing now or? Awesome. I'm in California now on an ABT bubble. Awesome. That's great. um, We're doing performances at the, in two weeks, in two Mm -hmm. weeks. I've been here for three weeks already. So been here a long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so I'm doing Grand Pas Plastique, my goodness. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's like the complete opposite of what my actual dancing is. I'm a little bit <laughs> hurricane, as everybody calls me. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that too. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Grand Pas Classique is very like, you know, it shows your technique and it's, yeah, very, yeah. you know, <laughs> classical. And yeah. So I think it's definitely pushing me it's challenging me in a good way because it's awesome. It's definitely like, you know, and also it's a bubble. So it's, it's no pressure really. Well, was it a challenge though, going from this, you know, being at home to, or being at your home studio? I think I saw you a couple of times dancing way back, like at your home studio, right? Mm-hmm. Am I making that yeah, up? Or? I was, yeah, fortunately um, I was able to take class in the studio in Greenwich, Connecticut. Awesome. So mm-hmm. I was able to keep dancing, but of course not not as much as I used to. I mean, still like the the endurance is still something. It's an issue right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I 
am so exhausted just from one hour of rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think a lot of dancers probably feeling this right now. I know a lot of the students are for sure. Just like, totally. I mean, and I think, yeah, totally. I mean, students, you know, they do ballet class, then point class, and they have their rehearsals, and then they have, you know, they, they do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was kind of like really uprooted for the past year. And now as we start to get back and I'm hearing a lot of students that are just so anxious about the idea of going to a summer intensive, Mm -hmm. because the one thing, and you can tell me if you can relate to this, but the one thing with COVID that was like somewhat comforting was that every dancer was in the same boat Mm -hmm. um, in regards to just being at home. And, um, you know, like when you're injured and you feel that everyone is dancing, but you can't, it sucks. Yes. But like with COVID, a lot of people were kind of yeah. like, we, we, we all felt it together. Whereas like now we're seeing like some places are going back, some aren't, some people don't yet feel comfortable to go back. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sensing a lot more anxiety actually now than I did even at the beginning of the quarantine. Yeah, and totally. Even me, I'm, I'm already like, you know, my goodness, I can't wait for these performances. Yeah, sure. I can't wait. I can't wait to start thinking like in, uh, you know, hearing news about what's coming next. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. The unknown in of itself. Yeah. And everybody, I just feel the, yeah, I just feel everybody's pushing for, oh my, what's, what's, what's next? What's next? What, what, what can happen? What can we do? What can, what can we apply, like join in on now? What is acceptable now? People are getting the vaccines. Does that mean that like, by fall season, we'll be able to do an actual season. Yeah. Like, what yeah. does that mean? Like, the theaters are opening now. Does that mean that, like, we're going to be preparing for a show soon? Yeah. Or should we I'm... not get ropes up? Yeah, yeah I know. I know. know. Oh, I the unknowns are killing me. Experience, too. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. Like, are we going to go up, have another spike, and then yeah. think yeah. shut down again? You know, you never know. You never Absolutely. know. Absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely think that it's been really, but it's definitely been, you know, better Mm -hmm. now than it was before. I think before everybody, it's funny because I think the first, like the first few weeks I was so thankful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it was happening because I was so tired. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Like twelve months later, yeah, <laughs> I was like going nonstop. Yeah, and then, and then we finally get this break, and it was like lasted for like what three weeks, and I was like, "All right, are we going back?" Yeah, right, right. <laughs> twelve months later, and then um, yeah, right. Twelve months later, now we're starting to like kind of come back. <laughs> so, with that being said, because you have performances coming up, tell me, do you have like a go-to snack that might that you might eat like before? performance or maybe during your performance any like go-to situation that you do with food related um so I definitely try and get some sort of protein like a chicken sandwich or yeah um and and like something a little bit like what my my one of my friends uh Bella Boylston loves to do is have pasta before yeah which is awesome for everyone listening because it's all carbs and that's like gonna get get give you that energy to push you through and by the way chicken sandwich awesome like very balanced yes. meal right there um, yes. because you have protein and carbs so that's awesome yes so I so that's a big one and then of course 
I love to um, get in all the electrolytes. It's, there's this one thing called a squincher. I don't know exactly what what the I we call them squinchers. Okay. But, um, I love having a squincher before a show. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of a it's a little bit of a kick, right? Before. Oh, I think okay. it's because it's I think it's sugar. Ah, awesome! Honest, I think it's sugar, so I have a little bit of a a little bit of a a boost to like yeah wake me up a bit. <laughs> love it. Maybe there's a little caffeine in there also. Probably, probably like a jolt. Okay, all right. I mean, especially during you know when Met season starts to get really heavy and you need a little pick me up. And yes. that's exactly what. Absolutely. I suggest that a lot to dancers, even if it's just like the last 30 minutes of a performance, um, just just something, something to just get, get you through like survival mode. Mm -hmm. My company actually has a whole like jar, like on the side, we have like a a little kit stand that we bring with us, right? And that like tape, scissors, water, all of Mm -hmm. these things. And one of the things is a little jar of candy. Oh Yeah. So yeah, sometimes like during, like even during the performance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also um, uh, one of my favorite things to do right before, like right before is to ha- they have mints. Those like, oh, mints. sure. They have like a fresh, fresh mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. I, I should brush my teeth, but I also want to taste it. <laughs> okay, okay. I like that. Love it. I'll remember that next time I'm watching you. Next time I'm at the Met next year, I will remember that. Be like, it's did she brush her life. teeth before? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, Catherine, I asked all the dancers the same question just to close things out, but how would you define a healthy dancer? I would define a healthy dancer as a confident dancer. Mm-hmm. I would define a healthy dancer as someone who is confident in what they're doing and what they're, you know, what they believe in, what mm-hmm. they are eating, what they, you know, you know, they believe that that it's they're doing the right things and that they're happy. Absolutely. I definitely think that there's something that has to do with like mental state has a big component to success in diet, in, in, you know, your job in life. So definitely someone who's confident and happy. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's so true. And it also kind of just goes back to like the body talk that we were chatting about in regards to just being confident in the body that you're in instead of just striving for something that's different, because that confidence goes a long way, you know, like you said, in your food choices and building confidence in how you feel in your body and what you're eating and with your friends and how you are, you know, in class. I think confidence is so important for dancers. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, once you have that confidence level down and you feel Mm -hmm. confident in that you can do this and that you can get even better than what you are and not to say that like you know you should be like oh my god I need to be better blah 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 that's not what I'm saying what I'm right. saying is you feel confident that what you are is what you are but you also can be confident knowing that you can excel and be better than what you are even right now yeah yeah you definitely can do that everybody is capable of doing 
the impossible. Everybody is capable of, you know, being even better than what they are. Not to mm-hmm. say they aren't great already, but you know. right, yeah. But it's also so easy for lack of confidence to be like the first obstacle in preventing someone from moving forward. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of feeds into exactly what you're saying with confidence being like the key in also progressing in whatever you're doing. Right. Right. Catherine, thank you so much. I honestly can talk to you all night. So I am <laughs> going to let you go. But thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And, you know, just always reach out anytime you have questions about nutrition, yes. anything like that. Wait, I will. Thank you. <laughs> it was so nice meeting you. So nice meeting you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.